Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. There's no better feeling than a personal win, and the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. Brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK and BikeRadar.com. Hello and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast. I'm Jack Luke, the assistant editor on BikeRadar.com and today I'm joined by... Joe Knowledge, the video manager of the Bike Radar YouTube channel. And today we're talking about how we got into road cycling. So Joe, do you want to kick things off from the very, the very beginnings? So how far back are we going? Are we going back to kind of when I started serious road cycling, as in racing with Lycra and stuff like that? Or are we going back to kind of... When I learned to ride in a field with of rainbows and doves with my father. Let's hear the rainbows and doves in brief. Um, well, I grew up in Leicester. Oh, I'm very sorry <laughs> to hear that. Yeah, my dad bought me a secondhand BMX for Christmas, I think when I was three years old. And we learned to ride without stabilizers uh, in a courtyard. And I got really annoyed at him one day because I fell into some stinging nettles. And he told me that was my fault. I mean, you do have a giant head, so perhaps it would have thrown you off of balance. Yes. And then um, and then dad also told me that he was like, yeah, you were quite a nice kid up until then, but that's when you started moaning and, and you haven't really stopped since. That, so that was my start. <laughs> yeah. How about you? You grew up in a, a different area to me. Yes, I grew up first in Edinburgh, but then in the Highland Scotland for the most part. And I started off mountain biking more than anything with my dad in and out of the hills. And I mountain biked for a very, very long time before I went to uni in Edinburgh and I was I was tainted by the, the great taste of road cycling. How about you? When did you start actually road riding? Pro- proper road riding. I came to it pretty late. I'm 33 now. Old so man. Ancient, yeah. Uh, and then I started when I was around 23, 24 because before that I was, I think what you call a do-treadington. Yes. And I was into snowboarding and drinking, rock and roll, and uh, BMXing and stuff like that. Mm. 
And then on a snowboarding season, I really badly, really badly <laughs> broke my leg and messed my knee up. And I had about a year of not doing much because I had to recover. I had a really bad injury. And uh, you did tell me you watched every episode of Miami Inc. in that time. Yes, yes. And a lot of Malcolm in the middle. I, my dad even built the same dad that taught me how to ride my bike, built me my bed down in the living room of our house because uh, I couldn't walk up the stairs. But anyway, yeah, a bad injury. And my dad had a road bike at the time. And when I was rehabbing my legs, I started to ride this road bike. And because I couldn't really do what I wanted to do previously, so snowboarding and BMXing and surfing and stuff like that, because the injuries were quite bad, I really got into road cycling because <laughs> I needed something to kind of use my energy up with. And yeah, since then, it's all I've done really. Yeah. And you started off, you went right into the kind of racing side of things, didn't you? Yep. Just wanted to race. Um, within a year, I kind of had my racing license and I'd, I'd got hold of a carbon bike. And yeah, for the first few years, it was it was serious, serious <laughs> racing and not much else. Not with much success, I may add as well, but but it was a good, it was a, yeah, a very intense way to start, but you were a bit more uh, relaxed than that, I believe. Yeah, I, I was, I mountain biked for a really, really long time. That's kind of how I cut my teeth, but I got quite obsessed by touring, actually. I did a lot of cycle touring for a while while I was at uni. And um, it wasn't until I met Matthew Loveridge, formerly Matthew Allen, who I've known for a very long time. You will have heard him probably before on this podcast. We worked in a bike shop together in, in Edinburgh, and he was a real hardcore roadie at that time with the physique to match, where at his peak, I believe, Matthew was 50 kilos on the dot, which is oh. just insane. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was so, I, I was kind of transfixed by this very strange character I'd met, and, and he was a proper traditional roadie. So I, I quickly built up a, a road bike of my own, my first being a crude affair which is hardly uh, couldn't be further from what you did um although it was kind of more touring and it's bent uh, i started riding quite a lot with matthew and then i kind of went off and did more gravelly stuff but it wasn't until i kind of i got here at bike radar almost four years ago now hard to think but that that's really when i kind of kicked off with my my road riding proper and i think again coming here it was riding with you and ruben and others that were on the team kind of shaped more of my hardcore rudy ways yeah i guess um definitely where you grow up grow up seems to shape the riding you're into mm, so yeah, you grew yeah. up in scotland you had a lot of outdoor space yeah incredible mountains like i'm literally a couple mountains uh, miles from my parents house so you did a lot of you know more yeah i guess more touring and stuff mm. like that uh i grew up in some fairly nice countryside in leicester maybe not quite as spectacular mm. but it just seemed like that's what everyone did there. good roads they're good roads for riding yeah. around there but everyone, it seemed to me that everyone raced and that's what you did. You got a road bike because mm. you wanted to race. It wasn't necessarily because you wanted to do trendy gravel rides. And this was pre... Before gravel was even a thing. Pre-gravel. Gravel didn't even exist. There wasn't even gravel roads then. And <laughs> and uh, pre-Instagram as well. So mm. there was no point in doing things like that because you couldn't... Couldn't talk about them online. Couldn't talk about it. We both really like gravel riding, by the oh, way. Oh, we do, we do. But what was your first uh, road bike? Uh, the first road bike I had was a Trek 1.1, the, the kind of lowest level mm. aluminium Trek road bike. Before that, I'd, I was borrowing my dad's doors. <laughs> Not sure what it was, but my dad's nearly six foot five and I'm six foot, so it was way too big for me. <laughs> Disgustingly, I was also borrowing some of his old bib shorts. That is disgusting. <laughs> yeah. And again, I've got very skinny legs. I think my dad weighs 
over 100 kilos and I probably weighed 65 at the time. So <laughs> so they, they fitted me like a pair of baggy cargo shorts, Incredible. a pair of baggy cargo lycra shorts. It's so funny when you look back on all this because like I, I would wear bib shorts and then baggies over the top for no reason other than like, well, I'm not wearing lycra. And you look back and it's so innocent and silly and you had loads of fun and, and I think as you get more obsessed with it, you kind of... You become the Matthew Allens or the Joe Norliches of this world, but yeah. Yes, very different. I've got very different opinions on what I should um, wear now and stuff like that. And very more um, refined tastes <laughs> in bikes from working in the bike industry. But yeah, I, I love that bike. Um, it was set up, it had a triple actually. Um, but then it, well, I remember when I bought it, I thought, oh great, it's got a triple. That's the best. It's got it, lots of gears. Because it's got the most gears, yeah. And then I was seeing all these people on doubles. I was like, God, that expensive bike's got a double. Why hasn't he got a triple on it? <laughs> and you kind of, you did a lot more racing after that as well. I believe you kind of even had, you have some UCI points, Joe. You have a pro cycling stats page. Yeah, on mountain bike and I've had UCI oh, points right, before. Okay. <laughs> not, on the, not on the road though. I was a very uh, bad Bad road race. <laughs> Morocco, Tour of Morocco, though, that was one of your... Yeah, didn't finish. <laughs> we all rode for a big um, puddle of uh, sewage at one point. That's that's one of the things I remember from mm-hmm. the Tour of Morocco. The peloton riding through a big kind of like bit of sewage across the road. So it was, it was quite quite an experience. <laughs> and then since then, if you've watched any of Bike Radar Diaries, you'll know that Joe and I's kind of interests in road riding have gone truly niche now. And largely kind of shaped by what you did at the time, but hill climbs is, is your kind of speciality and something I enjoy taking part in. <laughs> yeah, we've both really enjoyed doing hill climbs. We've done loads of videos on them. We've both been lucky enough to ride some very cool bikes. Some very, very cool bikes. Uh, yeah, again, come a long way from those first bikes I think we both rode, which were much more affordable than the things we're lucky enough to ride now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, very, very good fun. And looking to the future, Joe. With a baby Jew. Yes. What's road riding going to bring for you in the near future? Um, well, I think I'll be going a bit slower. Uh, <laughs> maybe have a few, maybe have the family with me. Um, but that'll probably be off road, I guess. Uh, but yeah, a lot less training <laughs> and stuff like that. So I did my last hill climb season in 2019. You did a couple as well. But I think we both felt that it was, we'd lost a bit of the, well, you say that, but now that you're going to be off the horse, I'm going to go full commitment this year just so I can hand it to you once and for all. <laughs> I'd love to see that. Yeah, maybe we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Now, you've got fairly niche <laughs> opinions and interests regarding your bikes. How do you think growing up influenced that? Uh, I mean, Scotland, regardless of where you, where you are, it's a very wet country. And, you know, if there was one thing that that manifested itself in is that I don't think a road bike is complete without mud guards, for example. Um, I kind of favor wider clearances because it means I could, you know, go on daft gravel rides or like even when I was home last, I went over this incredible snowed over pass um, near a place called uh, Kalin and just just stuff like that. You know, I, I want a really like well-rounded, very capable road bike. We actually recorded a video yesterday about this. And, and you know, if you look at my favorite bikes of all time, you see there's that, a kind of built-in capability is really important to me. And those are the bikes I favor and enjoy reviewing. Of course, and you'd probably fall into this category, I do enjoy a super go-fast, head-down carbon road bike as much as the next guy. But I think my kind of tastes in road bikes and how I ride were, were shaped with how I grew up or where I grew up. And what about you? Yeah, just going back to you, you you seemed fairly exotic when you turned up at Bike Radar because <laughs> it was this person turned up that didn't want... Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I was just handing out caramel wafers and wearing tartan trousers as well. It was all very uh, yeah, mysterious. Yeah. And you didn't want a five grand carbon fibre bike. You were very happy with a kind of a weird steel bike that had <laughs> mud guards and big tyres on it. <laughs> Lo and behold, now is that's the kind of bike I'd probably probably like go as well. for. Well, that's just because you're almost a dad now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you? Where you grew up? What do you think? Do you think that shaped how you or what you think of bikes? Um. I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I think maybe just more where I'd, I'd come from, mm. kind of thing, doing, mm. doing other sports, and I, I guess I, at the time, I just associated road cycling with competition. I just thought anyone that mm. did it, you kind of did it to race, and naively didn't know, you know, didn't really mm. know or think about touring. I thought that was something that not many people did, and mm. you know, the more you kind of, the more time you spend riding, you realise it's a whole other world yeah, yeah, yeah. of subgenres and genres and niches and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, at the time it was just shaped by, I got, got hold of a racing magazine. Mm. Um, and yeah, I'm sure even at the age of 23, 24, my dad was probably quite keen to take me to races and stuff like that. So I'm sure that influenced probably what I did, did as well. So interestingly, I went from racing to kind of more of a relaxed pace of cycling, but you've gone slightly the other way, I'd say, where you were very mm. relaxed and now you do a bit more bit more competition. Yeah, I think it's because I've got people to to ride with in part as well. You know, I grew up in the middle of bloody nowhere. So there was no no one else to ride with or who enjoyed the riding I do. But now that I've come here, yeah, that there's people who want to go out and do these daft events with me. But also like I said, you know, Matthew at first and then you and the others in the team have kind of shaped the kind of riding I wanted to do so whether that was the hill climbs like I mentioned or even doing gravel races um yeah that's kind of shaped as I've got into this role and actually on that note Joe how did you end up at Bike Radar how has your your prestigious cycling career led you to be such an influential video manager <laughs> oh god um I was very bored at home <laughs> in a very boring job back in Leicester living with my parents and I was uh, I was on cyclingnews.com <gasps> We don't mention that because they're owned by someone else now. And then I just happened to click on a, a job advert for a videographer and thought that was that sounds good. Was lucky enough to get it. That was about it. How about you? I am. It's actually Matthew Allen. He first, or sorry, now Matthew Loveridge. He started a job at um, on the Hub, which is our kind of testing team in like 2013, maybe. And I think he was in the job six weeks. And I thought, I want that job. <laughs> this sounds really good. So I kind of wrote a blog for years and years and I applied for this job three times. And the first time round was on MBUK and I never got it. The second time round, never got it. Then the third time I told our previous editor that I would keep applying until they, they gave me a job and they did. And I've been here for uh, for that long since. And yeah, it's a dream job for both of us in many ways because it's all that culmination of the passion that you actually get to do for your job and ride bikes for a living and talk about them like this. Yep, absolutely great. Um, so do you think, because I think my dad really influenced um, the type of cycling mm. I did when I got into racing again, like I said earlier, do you think any of kind of your family members or any other influences to, back up in Scotland? To a point, I think like I come from more like a mountaineering background with my dad. He was more into climbing. So we used to cycle quite a lot in and out of hills, for example. And that, I think that's probably where the original kind of interest in mountain biking came from for me i also got a copy of dirt r.i.p years ago and i, and I, I remember reading it thinking yeah i want to be a mountain biker this is cool um i'm coming across as a person that's very easily influenced i think i am actually me too <laughs> <laughs> because uh, you know although i did a bit with my dad it was honestly more 
Matthew and, and coming here that's shaped how I've done things and how I've moved through the sport, but also like a real obsession with the tech as well. Though I, I you know, riding is obviously what it's all about. I am obsessed with bicycle tech and I, you know, I read and contribute to forums for so long and the most esoteric stuff really interests me in making things work. So I think, yeah, that that's kind of what drove me as well for the cycling, the joy of fettling with things. Well, yeah, that's quite interesting because I was the same throughout BMXing and all the kind of other things I've done is I was, you know, would always devour every magazine mm. and know all the specs of all the different bits. My dad was a bit of a tinkerer growing up. He was into sorting out motorbikes and stuff like that. Do you think maybe that's another influence? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I remember my first mountain bike I got, I bought a really bad Apollo from Halfords and I bought that one specifically for something like a hundred quid because it had one disc brake with a V-brake on the back. And over the course of, I would have been like 12, 11, 12, over the course of a year, I scoured eBay and I replaced every single part on it until it became like, it was a Coyote F2, like downhill frame with a Rond Magura Big Ego, triple <laughs> crown upside down fork on the front, all this just daft stuff. But I just loved it. I really loved um, finding out whether stuff would work or not and buying, you know, picking up bargains on eBay and, yeah, that's kind of what shaped my interest in bikes. Very cool. <laughs> mm, I'm not sure. It's kind of a nerdy thing to do as a young boy. I should have been having much more natural fun. So the culmination of that obsession, the riding. How much do you love your job, Joe, when we get to do this stuff for a living? Um, well, we kind of moan about it sometimes, don't that's we? That's a job. <laughs> but deep down, yeah, it's the best best job I've ever had. It'll be the best job I ever have, probably, um, no matter where I end up. I'm always going to enjoy, have enjoyed my time here. Um, yeah, working with bikes. Working with people that love bikes as much as you do. Yeah, we've got lots of good friends here, haven't we, as yeah. well? Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a great place to work. Um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't change anything about it, really, in terms of, you know, what we get to do. And now, baby on the way, do you think you will be influencing them as much as your dad? Did you? Um yeah, well, he was always a very uh, calming influence. Really, he, di he didn't. He wasn't a pushy, pushy dad at all. No matter how um, good or bad we did with anything that we would go and do together, he never seemed to care that much. Although he did, I I've got one story for you before we go. go is that um, in 2015 I was taking my cross country mountain biking very seriously, and we were. I was living in Bristol at the time, and my dad lives in Leicester. And there was a cross country mountain bike race at Catherine Bray's in Glasgow a national XC round and I um I prepped my bike in Bristol on the Friday night and then drove to Leicester. And on Saturday morning we drove from Leicester all the way up to Glasgow. Which is a long drive. Three hundred and fifty miles, yeah. something like that. Big old drive. We got there in the evening. I did the practice on the course on the Saturday, Saturday evening, and I did like an hour and a half practice. I came back to see Dad. I was like, oh man, my legs are feeling really good. This this bike's feeling great. It was a bike I borrowed from work, a full suspension BMC, mm. cross-country bike. And then just as I was putting the bike in the car, I turned it upside down and noticed there was a huge crack in the chain stays. <laughs> and I looked at it and I said, well, a lot of swear words. And Dad was like, what, what, what is it? And I was like, bikes, bikes buggered. We've got to drive home. <laughs> we can't, can't race. So we kind of stood looking at the floor for a minute and then we were like, yeah, got to go home. <sighs> and drove, drove all the way back from uh, Scotland to... Leicester to then to Bristol. Yeah, yeah. So I think that was like 
800 miles to ride for two hours in Glasgow to practice on a cross-country course. And what you're telling me is that you've got all this to look forward to yourself. Yes, yes, hopefully I'll be just as supportive is that the word <laughs> committed <laughs> committed yeah i'll be just as committed to letting my and now i'm having a boy letting my son do whatever he wants with bikes <laughs> we'll wait and see well thank you for listening we thoroughly enjoyed that we'll probably get the rest of the team in to uh, talk about their kind of their cycling early days um don't forget to subscribe on whatever your preferred podcast platform is And as always, head to bikeradar.com for more juicy cycling gossip. Thank you very much, Joe. I was Jack Luke. Speak again soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Bye.